Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Nothing But Locks podcast. I'm your host, Ali Melniki, accompanied by my favorite co-worker, Robert Kowalski. How are you doing today, Robert? Ali, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on today. Looking forward to breaking down the uh, Christmas edition of uh, NFL Week 16. Yeah, I'm hoping my Week 16 picks go similarly to my Week 15 picks. I finished 11-5 and against the spread with the Packers covering on Monday night. So I was really happy about that. I'm hoping to finish number one overall in both my pickums. I'm in second right now in one of them for the year, first in my other one. So I'm trying to sweep the board. <laughs> but I've had All a good right. year picking, so I'm very happy about that. But I don't want to waste any time because this is gr- it, it, it's it's the end now. Every game counts. We say that about every game, but when you think about week three, it doesn't have the same impact as week 16. And this is basically do or die for so many teams right now that are in the playoffs or at least trying to compete to be in the playoffs. So let's start about let's start with probably the most talked about game coming up this weekend, Robert. And that's the Eagles and the Cowboys. I know it's up in the air right now what what Jalen Hurts' injury status is going to be. Gardner Minshew might be getting the nod. But what are we looking at right here for the odds? This is the uh, complexity and the, the race for knowledge that I've been talking about for episodes and episodes. We we opened up the game, the Cowboys, as a one-and-a-half-point favorite, which is pretty much to me saying uh, they're, they're neck and neck in terms of power rankings. And that's exactly where I had them at with a total set to 50-and-a-half. Uh, got as high as 51-and-a-half before – uh, the really sharp news started to come out that maybe Jalen Hurts isn't going to play. And so it climbed very steadily up to three, three and a half, jumped right past four to five, went as high as six. And Allie, right now, we're back down to Cowboys as a five-point favorite in a total 47 and a half. I've mentioned on this show before that I do like backing very good, if not elite teams with their backup quarterbacks, and this is no different. I know I mentioned in our recap episode on Monday I would probably lean Cowboys. Well, that was when I thought Jalen Hurts was healthy. I would assume Jalen Hurts is not going to play this weekend. Why do the Eagles need him to? They pretty much have the one seed locked up. They definitely have the NFC East locked up. I don't think he's going to play. I think if anything, he'll play in week 17, but there's no need to risk him getting hurt even more. It's going to be a hostile environment in Dallas. I know Dallas fans are going to be clamoring. It's going to be loud. Micah Parsons already made some bad blood there saying he doesn't believe that Jalen Hurts probably should get the MVP award. So I don't think the Eagles are going to play Jalen Hurts. And with that assumption, I like getting five points with Gardner Minshew. Minshew is one of the better backups in this league. He was a solid starter for the Jaguars in his rookie campaign a few years ago. I still think he could come and get a spot start for you and really make a difference. That's just too many points for a Dallas squad that has been struggling of late. We saw them that they almost lost to the Texans. They allowed the Jaguars to come back. They were up by double digits. The Jaguars came back and beat them in overtime last week. I think that's too many points. The Eagles take Jalen Hurts out of the picture. I don't see a huge drop-off maybe mobility-wise, but you still have A.J. Brown, you still have Devonta Smith, you still have Miles Sanders running back there, and you have the best offensive line in the game. So for me, under the assumption that Jalen Hurts does not play and the spread stays about five, maybe six, I'm taking the Eagles. How about you, Robert? Ali, uh, that's kind of the point here, right, where we're now having the wonderful conversation of just how good are the Eagles? Are they so good that it doesn't matter who you plug in at right. quarterback? 
We're going to really find that out today. I think that I really think at six, six was a beautiful number to grab if you had right. it. Uh, but we're at five right now, and I still think that that's a pretty good number to sit on. So uh, underdog play is probably in order here. And I can't wait to see the end result because, to be honest, uh, if the Eagles end up winning this game, and it's thanks to uh, you know a, a well-managed uh, offense from Gardner Minshew, then, heck, we can say that it is the Eagles, and it's a plug-and-play offense no matter what. They're going to win no matter what quarterback's on there. Uh, but I, I'd love to, I can't wait to see how this game plays out. It's definitely the game of the weekend for me. Um, and I'm, I'm definitely leaning towards, uh, even with Minshew, uh, grabbing plus five. So let me ask you this, Robert, because we're both in agreement. We like the Eagles to cover here, maybe even win outright. I would not be surprised because I think the Cowboys are a little more overrated than their record says. What does that say about Jalen Hurts' chances for the MVP if Gardner Minshew comes in, beats the Cowboys in Dallas? With a healthy Dak Prescott, don't forget when they these two teams faced each other the first time, Cooper Rush was the quarterback. Does that diminish Jalen Hurts' chances for the MVP, or do you think that voters are going to overlook that and still give it to him? What do you think? It shouldn't, but it will. Uh, right. And I, I think as long as Kansas City runs the, the, the table and you know we don't see an implosion from Mahomes, I think Mahomes is going to win this thing. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I've just not been on the Jalen Hurts MVP train all year because I'm not knocking him, but I always thought that Eagles' success was a byproduct of the team's success. I think that they don't have too many flaws, whereas I think the Chiefs have many flaws on their defense. They don't have the greatest receivers right now, and Pat Mahomes is still winning with them. You look at Joe Burrow, he's had to deal with injuries to Joe Mixon to Jamar Chase, and he still has the Bengals competing for a number one spot and a much harder AFC. We also look at the Eagles' schedule. They really haven't had a tough schedule all year. So for me, if I'm going to vote today, Pat Mahomes gets my number one vote, and then Joe Burrow gets number two for me. How about you? I I can't argue there uh, much at all. I mean, I think that, honestly, we've seen some incredible things from Hurts, right? Right. And we're going to see exactly if that's – uh, due to his talent, due to the offensive line and the scheme, or a combination of the two. Um, my eyes strictly will be on that one box at 125 Pacific. Well, before we go on to the next game, let me conversely ask you, if the Eagles lose, and not like a close three-point game, maybe even a touchdown, but if they lose by 10 points or more, then does, does that strengthen Jalen Hurts' chances for MVP? Oh, yeah, absolutely it does, Allie. Absolutely. It yeah, I agree with you, but I don't think it's going to happen, unfortunately. No, no, the thing is, yeah. I, I feeling is, it's it's not so much like if they put up 35, 30, 32 points, right? You know, but lose like 40 to 35 or whatever the case may be, then you could say, okay, well, the defense failed right. here. The right. offense was good, but the defense failed. But if it's like, you know, you know, a blowout and, and they don't get any touchdowns, then we could say, ah, oh, maybe this hurts. Yeah, I agree with that. I think Gardner Minshew is going to have a good game. Don't forget, he still believes he could be a starter in this league. There's a lot of teams that are going to be looking for spot starters. Oh, actually, I should say bridge starters next year while they're looking for their next franchise guy. So I think he's going to have a good game. All right, let's move on to the next game, Robert. And that is the Giants taking on the Minnesota Vikings. I have so much to say, obviously, about this game, but I'm going to let you go ahead first and give us the odds for this one. Of course, right. The 11 and three Minnesota Vikings are going to be hosting the New York Giants. And this one uh, opened as a three and a half point favorite for Minnesota. 
Uh, did get bet down to three, uh, but as of this morning, it got bounced right back up and beyond into four uh, with a total set to 48. So it sounds, though, what I'm reading is a lot of sharps are coming in on the Giants. Is that correct, Robert? Yeah, right Right now, the if I look at my, my ticket count and I see where it's coming in at what time, uh, I did take one strike at plus four. Uh, but not enough for me to bounce it back down to three and a half just yet, Allie. So, again, bias aside, everyone does know that Robert and I are Giants fans. I, I, I mentioned this on Monday. I love the Giants in this situation. I think they match up very well with the Vikings. The Vikings don't have a great defense, especially in the secondary. I think that they, it finally allows Daniel Jones to open it up to go downfield with Darius Slayton a little more, Richie James as well. I think you're going to see Saquon Barkley get a lot more receptions than focusing on the run game. I think that the offense is going to show up. I think that they're going to score. I think the defense coming off of Kayvon Thibodeau's outing, they're going to be fully motivated again. I know that we talk about motivation and uh, they t- and momentum, and the Vikings did have that miraculous comeback last week against the Colts, but I don't think that matters right here. This is a whole new week, a whole new game. I think that the Giants – even though that I, even though I'm trying to contradict myself and say that they ha- don't have that momentum counts for them, it's a different type of momentum because if they lost last week, Robert, they're done. If the Vikings lost last week, they're not done. They're still heavily in first place. It's fine. Just they could go back and win next week. So I like the Giants here to cover. I'm not going to go far, so far as predict the upset, though I think if you had to give me percentage points, I would say there's a 65% chance that we pull off the upset. But right now, I think that I will take the three and a half points. I think this is definitely a field goal game. Very low scoring. What about you, Robert? Ali, uh, like I, I think the numbers set right. Uh, when I when I peered over and I took a look, like we we discussed the the analysis of a team that's eleven and three, you know, and then you take a look at their their point differential and you say, hey, wait a second, how lucky is this team? And it was, right. you know. Quite a miraculous comeback as we saw last weekend for them. And uh, we did touch on Monday, you know, just exactly what we thought this was going to do to round those troops, you know, into the form. And now they're hosting the Giants who, you know, came off a really, really spirited win in Washington. I honestly think that it's probably just right on the number. But if, if there's a lean for me to make a pick here, I'm obviously going to be taking plus four here. Yeah, it, it, it's going to be a close game. I could see it about a 2017 game, 23-20, something like that. In that case, that three and a half is very significant. We've talked about half points all year long, two and a half, three and a half, two completely different spreads. I like the Giants here. I really do like our chances of getting the upset. But obviously, I'm going to advocate to our listeners that if you do agree with me, if you do like the Giants, take the points to be safe because I do know my team as well. And we do get a lot of unlucky breaks minus last weekend against the Redskins, or I should say commanders, but it, it will be a close game, Robert. What if, let me ask you, what if the Giants do pull off the upset? What could we say about this team now? Well, clearly they're playoff bound. Right. Uh, you know, this, this is, this is what the game, the games that they needed, you know, they absolutely got, you know, I, I wish that they didn't trip up on some of their earlier games. Right. Uh, you know, the season is what it is. And honestly, they're still doing it with with a patchwork crew. So it's it's an incredible uh, rounding to form for, you know, whatever is left on the New York Giants. So um, kudos to them. I mean, look, I 
I had a, a, a little bit of hope at the start of the year after we took a look at the team after the draft. Uh, but the injuries, you know, injuries affect every single franchise. Uh, but when I when I saw what was remaining uh, on the New York Giants, I honestly didn't think that playoffs were even, you know, a part of the conversation. And yet here we are at eight, five and one. Yeah, I think that if the Giants pull off the upset against the Vikings, then that silences critics that say the Giants have been lucky all season because, even though I think the Vikings are overrated, their record tells the public something exactly different. It just doesn't seem like enough for the Giants. We d- we come back against the Packers in London and defeat them, but then the consensus after that was, well, the Packers aren't really that good. We defeat Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, and then the consensus was, well, Wink Martindale, he used to be on the Ravens. He knew how to pressure Lamar Jackson better than everyone. It just seems like all of our wins – we just haven't gotten the credit that we deserve. Whereas you look at teams like the Eagles and not taking anything away from them, but they haven't played the hardest schedule. I think against the Vikings, Robert, if we come out on Saturday and Christmas Eve, we defeat the Vikings in Minnesota. That to me just solidifies this team belongs in the playoffs. Can you argue with that? No, not at all. Matter of fact, that would be a high watermark for them for the entire season in a season of high watermarks. Yep, totally agree. All right, well, let's move on to the next game that has playoff implications, and that's the Commanders and the 49ers. Commanders, obviously, were very bitter after the Giants game. They pinpointed the Terry McLaurin call. Obviously, the no call that probably could have been P.I., but there were several other penalties in that game that go uncalled. Unfortunately, those are the ones that happen at the end. They're going to be highlighted. Anyway, the 49ers, 10 days rest. They're starting Brock Purdy again. What do we have the odds here? Ali, I, I thought that the seven and a half was a little too high. Uh, and that's exactly what happened. The Niners opened seven and a half, bounced back down to seven. Uh, and the total is low, set to 38. You know, I actually don't think it's too high at all. And I, I have a few reasons why for this. One, I've been saying since Taylor Heineke took over, I don't think that the Washington commanders have been winning because of Taylor Heineke. Their defense has turned it around. Now yep. Taylor Heineke has to go and play the the 49ers defense, which is by far the best defense in the league and the best defense he has played all season. If you thought it was bad that he went and, and struggled against the, the Giants defense, how do you think he's going to do against the 49ers defense? So that's my first point. My second point is the, the 49ers get the benefit of having more rest. So that's definitely a factor right there. And then my third point, I always said it's harder to come back from a disappointing or devastating loss than a heart than than an embarrassing loss. When you get embarrassed, you want to come back and you want to defeat that team next week and prove all naysayers are wrong. A game which you basically spent the entire week blaming the refs for, you're still bitter. It's still heartbreaking. It's still disappointing, but it's not aggravating as it as like you got embarrassed. I don't think that that loss, I think that loss actually harms them more than it helps them. Unlike the Giants, when they lost to the Eagles, I thought that that loss would help them more than it hurt them, and it did. So for me, I think the 49ers win this one by double digits. What do you think, Robert? I I don't know if Kyle Shanahan is just trolling us with the injury report every single week. Uh, But now, you know, Brock Purdy is, is probable with an oblique injury. This came out today. Yeah. And I, look, it's just, you know, the quarterback position, I, 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 I see what they're doing here. Right. And, and so obviously, you know, people pay attention to these things. And so if Purdy doesn't play, I, I really wonder who's going to be, maybe it's just going to be a direct snap 
to Christian McCaffrey at this point. That might not uh, be the worst thing in the world. <laughs> uh, Chase Young's questionable. He's sick. Um, and, you know, obviously we, we have – this is a Saturday game. It's, it's, it's coming far sooner than their Sunday prep time. Um, Sadiq Charles has a concussion. So there's some injuries that are key on Washington's side, which makes me lean towards San Francisco. But, I mean, look, Washington, you know, their defense has been doing exceptionally well without Chase Young all year. Uh, different story here, obviously, as they're playing in the Bay Area in an afternoon game on a Saturday. Uh, you know, I definitely have San Francisco ranked significantly higher than Washington. Right. Uh, but – I think that honestly, the the point spread differential might just be a little, maybe just a little too high, Ali. Um, this is one of those games that I think that San Francisco, you know, gets a clear victory uh, with with a ton of ball control here. I think we'll probably see a lot of scrambling on Heineke's part, far more than he's ever had in, in maybe ten weeks of of him as a starter. Uh, it, it may fall flat on their face. Uh, it, 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 but I honestly, right now, the way I look at it, Allie, I think that Washington gets the cover here. This matchup reminds me a lot a few weeks ago when the Chargers were facing the 49ers in primetime on Sunday night, and they were pretty heavy favorites. A lot of people wondered why they were that heavy favorites. And I said, it's, it, it's because of San Francisco's defense. This is the same, this is the same an analyst for me right here. If you look at what Washington has survived on the past few weeks, I just mentioned it's on Taylor Heineke, but it's their run game. The combination of Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson have really propelled them. If you looked at the Giants game, Heineke scored for three, Heineke struggled for three quarters. He finally came alive that last drive, and that's where he racked up a lot of his yardage, throwing some passes to Curtis Samuel, Josh Dots, Jahan Dotson, and Terry McLaurin. But he struggled the game leading up to that. Now the 49ers, they're going to take away the commander's strength. They're going to take away the run game. If you're making Taylor Heineke throw, and we know how good that secondary is for the 49ers, I'm going to, I see a multi-interception game for Heineke. One might even be a pick six. We saw what they did to Geno Smith and the Seahawks a few, not even a few weeks ago, just last week, just totally took away their strengths, totally took away the run game. That's what an elite team does. That's what the 49ers are. I think Washington's way, way below them in terms of the level. I I, th I don't think this game's close. I think that if we we saw what the 49ers did to Tom Brady and the Bucks, I kind of compare it to there. I think that this is a blowout, Robert. I I, I can't disagree with you on the the, the caliber of, of defense that that is being played right now by uh, San Francisco. Uh, you're you you could be right at the end, and we'll circle back to this, I guess, on Monday. Yeah. Uh, it just looks like it's definitely going to be an uphill battle for Washington right now. Um, one, one hopes that there's going to be some scrappiness from my part at the very end. Uh, you know, it, it may be a backdoor cover, but I, it, it's, it's going to be very, very difficult on the road against that caliber of defense. You're right, Alex. All right. Yes, we will talk about it on Monday. I'm going with the Niners to cover Roberts leaning toward the commanders. So choose wisely. All right, the final game I want to cover before we get to the rapid fire round. Again, we have 16 games on slate this weekend, so we can't go in-depth on too many. This one is interesting, Packers and Dolphins. Robert, Packers right there in the wild card hunt again. Everyone doubted them, but they're right there. What's the odds for this one? We opened up uh, Miami. This one's 
definitely a roller coaster. We opened them up five, went up as high as six, uh, and now back down to four. So uh, the Dolphins a four-point favorite, the total 49 and a half. Everyone knows I love Aaron Rodgers. He's one of the the non-Giants. That's one of my favorite players in the game. My bias toward Rodgers has nothing to do with this pick, but my knowledge of how great he is has everything to do with this pick. When I watched him Monday night, Robert, a week coming off the bye, he had two weeks in between games. He looked so much healthier on Monday than he did a few weeks ago when he was in pain, when he was in that primetime game, and it just looked like he couldn't throw. I believe he had left in the third quarter. They were already losing, but he still left the game. Jordan Love had to come in. I think that the Packers are back, are finally figuring out. It took probably you know, 15, 16 weeks, but he seems to have good rapport now with Christian Watson. Romeo Dobbs is healthy again. He had some nice catches on Monday. If you looked at the run game between eight, I think this was, a, this was the first game I saw E.J. Dillon actually run more than five yards. He actually had a very good game, two touchdowns. Aaron Jones looked good. I think the Packers are finally turning it around. And they have another favorable matchup. They're going against the Miami Dolphins, who we know have don't have a good defense at all. The Packers' defense actually did look good. I know the Rams were playing with pretty much their third team on Monday, but still, they they looked like they are finally getting it together. I I like the Packers to cover in this one and potentially pull out the upset. I'm not going to take the upset, but I wouldn't be surprised. But I'm definitely taking the points right here. How about you, Robert? Very very loose. Uh, clubhouse right now for Green Bay. You're absolutely right there. Uh, and now that they're sniffing a possibility at a playoff spot, here's where is, uh, everything that happens the day before is going to play into um, the playoff implications of the Green Bay Packers. I mean, after all, these they somehow have a path into the playoffs all of a sudden. Uh, that, that being said, you know, the game is being played in Miami under favorable conditions. Uh, the team does look healthier. Uh, 24 points against a uh, team that kind of has already packed it in in L.A. Uh, I think is sufficient enough. Uh, they definitely couldn't put up that number in Miami. The question now is, is this December skid going to continue uh, for, for the entire Dolphins team? Or is this the game that they finally get things right and um, you know solidify their position in the AFC to make the playoffs. Um, even if four, Allie, um, I'm leaning with you. I do like getting the points here as well with Green Bay. Again, if you look at the quarterback situation, who am I taking it today? If you told me the game was on the line, who do I want him as my quarterback, Aaron Rodgers or Tua? I'm still taking Aaron Rodgers. How about you, Robert? I'm definitely taking Aaron Rodgers right now. <laughs> yeah, there's no question. Listen, we've talked a lot about what are the Dolphins this year, and, we, and you just mentioned that as well. Are they the team that just went on a ridiculous win streak against maybe teams that weren't that good? If you look, really their wins besides the Ravens weren't all that impressive. I know people want to point to the Bills, but the Bills, I want to emphasize, they were not only playing on a short week, but they also were missing half of their team due to injuries, and they still almost lost to the Bills that week. I just I think that Miami's a little overrated. I think they got lucky against some very inferior talent. I think the Packers really, if they're healthy, I don't think their talent level is that far off from the Dolphins. I know the Dolphins still have Waddle and they still have Tyreek Hill, but I think their run game, I would take the Packers run game over the Miami Dolphins run game. And then Aaron Rodgers is really the key. But actually, if you look closer, the key is if the Packers defense could step up like the Bills defense did, 
like the 49ers defense did and take the ball away for, from Tua, cause him to make turnovers, just like even in the Chargers game where Tua just had a ridiculously low completion percentage, that's going to be the key. What do you think is the key, Robert? Yeah, no, as, as long as, look, I mean, A.J. Dillon's still coming off of a concussion, so he's probable. But if they stick with a, a, a two-pronged attack with Dillon and Jones, uh, you know, sprinkling, you know, the offense that obviously, you know, this is, this is, we, we know exactly this is going to be Rogers offense. And I think if we just get a good balanced attack that keeps the ball away from Miami, um, I actually even think a win is possible in Miami because it's, it's there for the taking. And honestly, if we look at the injuries that have come across, uh, you know, for this coming game, uh, not like Miami's completely healthy either. Right. So that's true. They're they're They've got their share as well to deal with. Um, I, I think that the sting continues here. Uh, that 49 and a half total does play towards a little bit more of an, ox, of, of an explosive type of a game, uh, you know, looking somewhere in along the vicinity of the high twenties for both of them. Um, I think honestly, if green Bay does get themselves to 26, 27 points, they win this game. I will say, and this is me as a Giants fan. I'm more confident in the Packers pulling off the upset of the Dolphins and I am the Giants pulling off the upset of the Vikings. And I am pretty, I told you I'm 65% confident that the Giants could pull off the upset over the Vikings. So Packers watch out for my five best picks against the spread this week. They're definitely number one. Again, take the points to be safe, but the, uh, but the upset, I like the upset a lot. So if you want to want to back the money line, you get some very good value right there. All right. Well, those are the four games that I wanted to highlight. Let's go to the rapid fire round. You ready for this one, Robert? Do it. All right. First game we have tomorrow night, Thursday, the Jaguars and the Jets. What are we looking at here, Robert? Yeah, so the Jets opened up pick and the total set to 39 and a half. It's since gone to the Jets' favor. They're now one and a half point favorites. The totals dropped all the way down to 36, Allie. So this game reminds me a lot like when the Vikings played the Dolphins, what it was it, two weeks back, and everyone was wondering why the Lions were two and a half point favorites over the Vikings. You and I were not surprised. You and I both thought the Lions were the better team. That was one of my locks of the week. This is one of my locks of the week as well. I love the Jets in this situation right here. The Jets defense going against Trevor Lawrence. Sauce Gardner is going to be all over Christian Kirk, all over Zays Jones and the rest of the receivers. You, you, you look at the Jets defense, you still have Jordan Whitehead, DJ Reed to contend with. I think that the, the secondary for the Jets is going to be way too much for a for a Jaguars offense that has been has been playing I don't want to say overperforming has been playing up to their potential but I think on a short week it all comes to an end here they've had some nice wins against the Titans against the Cowboys as of late the Ravens too but I think this one the this is where the Jets defense wins the game for them Zach White does enough against a Jaguars defense that actually is not that good and the Jets win this game right here, I'd say by a field goal. So I would lay the points. What do you think, Robert? Yeah, Jets win as well. Uh, I feel that if every once in a while you're, you see a generational talent and you absolutely nailed Heck, Ali, I remember we were talking like before the draft, how you were saying Sauce Gardner is going to be an absolute difference maker in yeah. week one. And you were dead on with that. He is. Uh, I mean, you're, you're looking at stats right now and some of the advanced metrics they're just flat out not even throwing it in his direction anymore. That's how impressive he is. Uh, that's going to definitely play a factor in this game. 
no matter who is at quarterback for the Jets, and it's going to be Zach Wilson. Uh, the last time the ja yeah, go ahead. The last time the Jaguars lost was against the said Lions, and the Lions blew them out 40-17. to 17. They had never seen an offense like they had with the Lions. And even the Lions' offense struggled against the Jets. They were held only 20 points, and they needed a 50-yard reception from a backup tight end to score and win the game. I was at that game. So yes. I, I don't know how the Jaguars are going to contend with the Jets' defense. Zach, uh, Zach, Zach Wilson – Criticize him all you want. He did play very well in the game. I know there was a lot of passes that were caught by receivers that could have easily been intercepted, but the Jaguars defense isn't as good as the Lions defense, which has been improving as of late. So this one, I think this one is one of my locks, Robert. How about you? Yeah, definitely. And look now with the injury report coming in fresh from about, oh, an hour ago now as of the time that we're recording uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, this defensive tackle, Fadokasi is going to be out for sure with an ankle injury and another ankle injury to Trayvon Walker. Uh, oh. Just opens things up significantly for offensively, uh, you know, for the New York Jets. Uh, they get the win in the cover for me. Let me just ask you this real quick, Robert, before we move on to the next game. Do you think yeah. that the Jaguars had to do that draft over again? They would have taken Trayvon Walker over like a Sauce Gardner, a Kayvon Thibodeau, or an Aiden Hutchinson? Man, you're absolutely right. <laughs> look, if, I love playing hindsight games with you. And man, look, Walker coming out was so, so good. And I could probably think that like, they're thinking, well, you know, let, let's stay, you know, in our region. We've seen this guy. It, it's such a tough call because Walker was so, so highly rated coming out. But now nah, they, they've got to say to themselves, man, we, can we do a duel over here? <laughs> no, as a Giants fan, though, I, I, I'm glad that they didn't do a do-over because Kayvon has been everything that I I was hoping for, and I'm, I can't be more excited to watch him for the next few years in New York. All right, well, let's move on to a game that probably isn't too exciting this weekend, and that is the Falcons and the Ravens. Robert, what are we looking at here? Atlanta Falcons and Baltimore Ravens. This one's got the uh circles all over the place as I'm still trying to figure out who's going to be starting where. Uh, so we opened up the Ravens seven, uh, moved up to seven and a half, and now it's currently at eight in the total 36 and a half. Pretty low, Allie. Yeah, and I do like the under in this game a lot. I think if you look at Desmond Ritter quarterbacking the Falcons, he didn't look great in the game against the Saints. Now he has to go against a Raven squad that is very, very good. I think he's going to struggle again. Not to say that he's going to struggle for the rest of his career, but I don't think he does well this week. But I think Lamar Jackson plays, and I'm going to base the the spread of being high because I think he's going to play. If the Ravens beat the Browns last week, there's no need to rush Lamar back because they're still in first place in the AFC, AFC North. They're still comfortably one game ahead of the Bengals, but they lost. And now the Bengals are in first place. They have the lead over them. I think that they're going to bring Lamar back this week. They need every win right now. They're going to want home field advantage come the playoffs. They're going to try to get that lead back in the AFC North. So that being said, I just think the Ravens are too good. I don't see Atlanta putting more than a touchdown on the board in this game. If that even, if that even with Lamar, their offense is definitely better. So I'm taking the Ravens right here. How about you, Robert? I will also lay the points. Yeah. Even, I mean, look at seven and a half, Eight right now. That's clearly that number is baked in with Lamar Jackson starting, despite his you know his questionable status with his knee injury. 
Uh, I, I think he's going to have just enough in the tank to lead them to victory. And this is one of those games where they get the win, they get the cover. Uh, Atlanta just wasn't meant to be for them this year. Yeah, totally agree. All right, let's move on to the Lions and the Panthers. Lions, one of the hottest teams in the league. Panthers, not so much. What are we looking at here? Yeah, Detroit, it's just absolutely just a covering machine right now. We opened them three. It's still three, and the total now 44. So how about that? Lions on the road, three-point favorites in Carolina. So I was talking to my brother about this because he's obviously a Lions fan, and he was saying the Lions still aren't getting respect. I said, well, the Panthers have a very good defense just like the Jets, and the Panthers, they actually have been playing well as late, even though they lost to the Steelers last week. Carolina also still is playing for a position in the playoffs. They can, they're only one game out of the, out of the NFC South with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just having a disappointing season. I like taking the points right here, Robert, and I'm a lion and I I've been on the lions all season. If you look, Robert and I are both on sharp rank every week with our picks. My last 10 times picking either for or against lions. I am 10 and Oh, when either picking against the lions or picking for the lions. So I feel like I know this team pretty well. I still think the Lions win, but I think it's a razor-thin game, just like you saw with the Jets this last weekend. It's in Carolina. They're still on the road. Jared Goff does not play that well in the cold. We saw that the other day. He wasn't he wasn't in tip-top form. So in this, I like the Lions to win, but I think the Panthers make it very close, and they cover. How about you, Robert? It, to our listeners, again, I have yet to sit – and, and and share an adult beverage with Ali person to person. <laughs> Ali, I, I swear to God, are you reading my notes? Like, I oh. literally wrote down Goff, still no interceptions and in six straight starts. Razor, th- I wrote razor thin edge. Lions get the win. Panthers get the cover. <laughs> wow, we are right there. That, well, that's <laughs> what they say too. Like my, what is it? Uh, great minds think alike. So <laughs> there you go. Great betters bet alike. but no it's going to be a close game it it really is I I still think the Lions are going to pull it off they do have the better team but I think one thing to tell Robert the betters Robert I think you'll agree with me is just because you don't you can't necessarily just look at records when you're bet because you have to look how these teams match up and one team's strength might not play into another team's weakness so if you look, the, the the Carolina Panthers match up very well with this team. I think that if it was in Detroit, I might have a different opinion about this. But playing in Carolina, it's going to be cold. I'm on the Lions right here. All right, Robert, Seahawks and Chiefs. Seahawks just haven't recovered from drinking too much beer in Germany. <laughs> what are we looking at here? Oh, they haven't. My God, it was so looking so, so good for them. And ever since then, they've totally collapsed and now seven and seven going into Kansas city. They're already a double digit dog. It's now 10 and the total uh, pretty steady at 49. I've been leery about laying points with the chiefs the past few weeks and it's worked to my favor. I took the, the Texans to cover last week. They did. I took the Broncos to cover against them two weeks ago. They did. This is not the case. I am. I'm confident with the chiefs. I'm confident laying double digit points. I think the Seahawks, they're just, they just are sputtering way too much. 
I don't think they match up well against the Chiefs at all. The Chiefs' uh, weakness is their run defense. If you look at the Seahawks, they haven't been running the ball well at all. Kenneth Walker doesn't look the same as he has when he had his spurt a few weeks ago when he was running all over the place. Tyler Lockett, I believe, is going to be out for this game. I I like the Chiefs here, Robert. How about you? Yeah, you know, it's they Kansas City should be able to name their own score here. And there's key injuries uh, on Seattle side, of course. Kenneth Walker's still questionable. He's got an ankle injury. Uh, Lockett is out. Uh, he's he's definitely not playing. And normally, you know, I, on Monday, I talked a little bit about how the, you know, the NFL juggernauts are winning but not covering. Uh, this is one of those instances that I think that Kansas City just, just rolls out and doesn't stop. Uh, just this way too little left on the cupboard for Seattle. I, I do think Kansas City picks up probably by 14, 16, maybe 17 points here. Seattle get there. Seattle's going to get theirs, uh, but it, it's probably going to be over by the middle of the third quarter. Yep, and we talked about how there's a very good chance Seattle could just lose their final three games of the season, and I think this is at least a definite loss for them and a non-cover. All right, let's move on to the Saints and the Browns, Robert. What are we looking at here? So I had a uh, a radio interview yesterday uh, talking about this game. This, I mean, Allie, the, the total. First, okay, so Browns three, the total we opened at 35 and a half. Huh. And then the weather news started to come in, 34 and a half, 33, 32, 31 and a half. Allie, I went to uncharted territories. I went to 30 and a half. Wow. I think I was the only book in the state that offered that low a number. And still no one bet over the total. Uh, snow's forecasted, 30 mile an hour winds, 60 mile an hour gusts. How do you punt? How do you kick? Yeah. It's going to come down to the run game. And if you look, they're actually pretty, both are, that's the team strength. You look at Alvin Kamara with the Saints, you look at Nick Chubb with the Browns. So this is pretty much right down the line here. In this case, I got to go with the Saints. The Saints are still in contention. I think they do enough to win. It's kind of a coin flip in the air, but I definitely am going to take the under as well. How about you, Robert? Yeah, two teams that are... <laughs> wait a second, you're gonna go under 30 and a half. I'm gonna go under 30 and a half. And, and let you, well, we didn't even talk about a few weeks ago how I was so confident in the under in the Army Navy game up to the last second of the fourth quarter. And then we saw how many overtimes that made it go like over for the first time in 50 years. Uh that's why they call it overtime. Oh my god, that was uh, where's the imaging? That was a terrible joke. Horrible, horrible joke. <laughs> uh, no, Allie, these two teams uh, all being equal with whether or not Chubb plays, which he is questionable. Uh, a lot of question marks with, with injuries here. These two teams are identical in, in power ranks in my eyes. And even with Cleveland being the home team here, uh, way too much chaos. Uh, definitely right in my alley is exactly the kind of game I want to see. All the chaos brings it to me. Uh, I'll take under and i'll also take the saints here uh just because i love everything that's about to happen in this mess <laughs> yeah and the saints also competing for first place in that nfc <laughs> as well so they have something to play for all right let's move on to the texans and the titans robert texans in a bit of a lull what well titans i should say are in a bit of a lull texans have just been disappointing what are we looking at here 
We're looking at a downward spiral is what we're looking at. <laughs> All the money on Houston nonstop. Opened up Tennessee as a seven-point favorite. Got cut down to six and a half, then five, then four. Uh, there's only one way this, this game is going to go, and it's only, only going to keep going down, Allie. So Tennessee right now, four-point favorite. The total from 39 and a half down to 36. Yeah, I think this is a little overreaction to Tennessee losing to the Chargers and then losing to the Jaguars the week prior. I think that even though they've been struggling as of late, they are still a superior squad. The Texans have been playing loose as well. They look good covering against the Chiefs last week, almost upsetting the Cowboys the week before. But this one, again, I think it's just an overreaction to how the Texans have been playing. I think the Titans are way better, and I think they cover this one pretty easily. How about you, Robert? Even if I was going to say I'd like for it to go to three and a half, but even at four, it's a manageable number to you know pick up a victory. Way too many. Just I mean, look, Houston might be covering right now, but they're still one twelve and one on the season. Now they're going to be without Damian Pierce. They're without Stingley Jr. Uh, you know from from last week, the injury there. Cooks is now questionable. Nico Collins is now questionable. So no one to throw to. Really not much hope here for Houston. And, and honestly, do they really want to win? Nah, I, no. You want you want a Bryce Young. You want Stephen <laughs> Stroud. So no. I'll take All Tennessee right. minus four. All right. Let's move on. Bengals and Patriots. What about this one, Robert? Yeah, Cincinnati here uh, is an absolute covering machine lately. Uh, and by lately, we could go back to even last season. So uh, we opened up the Bengals as a four-point favorite. Did get bet down. So now it's settled in at three with a total of 41 and a half. Yeah, I actually like the Patriots right here. I think that coming off of that embarrassing, I just mentioned how I like teams coming off embarrassing losses. That was as embarrassing of a loss as you can get against the Raiders last week. I think playing in New England, I think they keep it close against the Bengals. By no means am I predicting an upset, but I do like Belichick and that Patriots defense keeping it close. Joe Burrow still has been playing awesome but playing against the Tampa Bay Bucks, who just look miserable on both sides and the Patriots who have least shown up to play on defense. I like the Patriots to cover. How about you, Robert? I feel like this is freaky Friday. And then we're like, we've switched gears on this game. Yeah. Normally you're the one on the Bengals. I love the Bengals in this spot, even if they're on the road, no fear of the weather. The Bengals are probably playing some of the best football anywhere in the league. I've got it. I've I've caught the bug. Give me all the Joe Burrow I can get. You would believe that he's I mean, if he was in the NFC, he'd easily be like the number one quarterback oh, yeah. by far. And he's just buried in the AFC where there's so much quarterback talent. Uh I love the Bengals in this spot as a three-point favorite. I think they get the win. They get an easy cover here. Patriots, good, not great. They've proven that time and time again. I think this is the Bengals game to lose. All right, well, that's only our second disagreement of the day. We need a few. All right, what about the Bills and the Bears, Robert? Okay, so here, this is a game that we opened up pretty high. Uh, nine is what we settled in at. The total uh, opened up 42.5, but it's been bet down to 40.5. Uh, similar cold uh, weather with some uh, – Wintry conditions, of course, nothing like what's about to happen in Cleveland, but still pretty blustery for a game time in Chicago. So I have no qualms about Josh Allen playing in the cold and the blustery. We know he could do that. Jalen Hurts was a different story last week. Robert, I don't think the Bills punt in this game. Do you? <laughs> That's a good point. 
uh, yeah, they'll probably be able to name their own score. I just keep saying to myself, is there any kind of a window for a backdoor cover from Chicago? And I really can't say that that's about to happen in this one, Ellie. No, I agree with you right here. I'm all over the bills in this game. Enough said. How about the Raiders that the team that shall not be named versus the Steelers, Robert? What do we have here? It was a hot mess. How do they have six and eight identical records? Honestly, both of them just just scores of injuries. Teams actually are going in opposite directions. We did open up Pittsburgh as a two-point favorite, went up to three, uh, and it's kind of been sitting there mostly two and a halfs now. So that's where it's probably settling in at the total down to 38 and a half alley. And it sounds like Kenny Pickett might be back for this game. Either way, I think that the Steelers are far superior squad. I think in the Raiders wins, they've just have got lucky the past few weeks. I don't even think that three is enough in this game. I'm going all out on the Steelers here, Robert. How about you? Steelers by a hundred. All right. <laughs> but so, so you'll take the over in that game. I'll, I'll... <laughs> Yes, I will. All right, let's go. Broncos and Rams, first team to 10 wins. What are we looking at here? <laughs> the Denver Broncos opened up as a one-point favorite. Uh, some Obviously, some conflicting news, a big circle on this game with some key injuries. But uh, we've got Denver now up to two and a half points better. Uh, the total set to 37. You're right. <laughs> I don't think Russell Wilson plays in this game. And this is another one. I just want to throw a dart on the board and just whatever it lands on, I'll pick, but I'll, I'll take the home team, the Rams. I think that coming back, they'll be so happy to play in warm weather. It's going to be very warm in LA this week, which I'm very jealous about. Sounds like high seventies. I think that they'll be fine playing in the stadium. I think Baker will have a much better game. I know the Broncos still have a better defense, but the Rams find a way to win at home. What do you think, Robert? Yeah, the, I think the Bron- you're right. The Broncos definitely have an elite defense. That is what I think is going to lead them to victory. In the two and a half, uh, there's a small chance they get backdoor. They get, you know, a, a one-point victory. But I think this one's leaning towards me seeing them win by a field goal. I'm going to take the Denver Broncos, 4-10 and 10 on this season with a road win here. <laughs> Can you imagine if they win another game and they're 2-0 without Russell Wilson on the year? <laughs> Yes, let's do it. Chaos. More. Just terrible. <laughs> Ripian might be saving Nathaniel Hackett's job right now. <laughs> All right, another two teams that are dumpster fires, Robert. Buccaneers and Cardinals. What are we looking at? As we're live, there's a massive, massive line move on this game. Tampa opened up as a five-point favorite. When we were talking, literally, this game was at six. And as we were breaking down our prime games, it went to six and a half, seven, seven and a half. Uh, and the total dropped precipitously down to 39 and a half on news that without a doubt, Trace McSorley, now your starting quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals. Oof. I did take the Cardinals in my pick em leagues, but now with that, I was assuming <laughs> that boy was going to play. Oh, um, no. yeah. Even with Trace McSorley as quarterback, Robert, with how the Bucs have been playing all year, there's nothing that can compel me to lay that big of a point spread. It, it just can't. I'm still going to have to stick with the Cardinals. How about you? So, right. Uh, now, so, of course, because what this show is about is not who did you bet, but, you know, what number are with a, with a number in front of you, what are you going to bet now? So, even with Tampa laying seven and a half, uh, get out of here with Trace McSorley. I'd rather have uh, 50-year-old Marty McSorley at quarterback. 
Uh, give me all the Tampa Bay. I think that they win this one. This is one of those games I think that Tampa might just clamp down, hold Arizona to less than 10 points. I think they win by double digits. Yeah, you might have convinced me there. You know, I could change my pick till game time. So I got to really think about that. Again, I was under the impression <laughs> that Colt McCoy was going to be back, and I trust yes, McCoy yes. a lot. But yeah, Trace McSorley, oh, man. Yeah, I, I might have to change my pick. So to our listeners, <laughs> I think I'm going to lean toward, even though it's a lot of points. Uh, I, I think that... Push them in, Allie. Push all the chips in. Let's do you're it. You're right. Players have given up on Cliff Kingsbury. I'll take the bucks with you right there, Robert. Yes. All right. Chargers and Colts, final game of the year. Uh, well, of the week, Robert. What are we looking at? It's better off final game of the year for the Colts. My God, they're the worst. Uh, so here's another one with some late breaking news if we haven't seen it right now. Uh, I thought this guy was like retired and like doing some coaching gig right now. But Nick Foles is now your starting quarterback for the Colts. Uh, it's now four and a half, the Chargers on the road favorite, the total 46. I'm actually on the Colts. I, I really like Nick Foles. I think he's the must. But I I was actually surprised early in the year when they, they gave Sam Ellinger the start over Nick Foles. I thought I think Nick Foles is the better quarterback. I think that the team rallies around him. I think they play well enough to at least cover, maybe not pull off the upset. Chargers, they just go back and forth week and week. We do know that the Colts have a good defense. I think that they'll limit the 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 Charger scoring. So I'm actually going to take the points with the Colts. How about you, Robert? Right. So yeah, for our listeners at home, if we're going to follow along here, obviously search around because there's some three and a halfs. There's a four. There's some four and a half. So it's a little bit frisky with the line. And uh, I, I'm going to go here and agree with Ali. I think that the Colts could probably pick up a cover. Um, the, the Chargers are that much better. All things considered, you know, Herbert's been an incredible, incredible quarterback that's done a ton with a lot of nothing around him. Uh, I think the Chargers get the win, but no cover here. Uh, so alongside with you, Ali, on the Colts, plus four and a half, if you could find that one. I love the Colts. They just start winning with Nick Foles, and everyone wonders all year why why they didn't trust Nick Foles in the first place. The guy won a Super Bowl. Like, and you you started a guy that blew the biggest Super Bowl lead of all time. Uh, that is well as well. Correct. <laughs> all right. Well, that's our show for today, everyone. I want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas or Happy Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate. Robert and I will be back next week. We'll recap another crazy week of football. Again, thank you for joining us. And Robert, any words for the audience before we head out? Yeah. Merry Christmas, everybody. Don't forget to watch Die Hard. <laughs> that is my dad's all-time favorite movie, Christmas movie or not. <laughs> my dad has like three movies he watches, Die Hard, Tombstone, and what's the other one? Oh, he loves Pirates of the Caribbean for some reason. Cheers, cheers to dad. Tell him I'm watching Die Hard like three times on Christmas Day. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if there wasn't football on, my dad would be right with you. So, <laughs> all right, everyone, take care.